0: It's been said there are no lone rangers in the family of God. We'll talk about that next. In the economy of God, there are no lone rangers. Nobody like Lindbergh flying solo. Nope, this is a a family affair. Hi there. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today we catch up with Napoleon in Psalm 68, looking at verses 4 through 6, a message he's entitled, From Solitary to Family. Here's Pastor Napoleon now as we take a look at this beautiful family that God has assembled with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. I want to share something with
1: you that's kind of part of this book that I'm, that I'm working on that I think will be a blessing. Matter of fact, over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'll be talking about, about some of this stuff. Psalm 68, verse 68, I mean, uh, verse 4 on down to 6. Psalm 68, 4 to 6. The title of my message this morning is from... Is from solitary to families, from solitary to families. And you'll see where I'm going with this message here as we get down here. It says here in verse, in verse four, sing to the Lord or sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. Somebody say families. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. It says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. I've talked about this the last few weeks that ultimately what the devil is doing is he's, he's breaking down marriages so that ultimately he can destroy families. Then as he destroys families, he wants to destroy communities. If he can destroy communities, he tears down cities. If he gets cities, then he gets states. Then he gets states. He gets country. He begins. This is how he operates. The devil wants to break down marriages so that he can destroy the family structure, so he can destroy everything that God has established. And for us, we have to see this. We have to understand that this is part of the battle, the dynamic. He's trying to redefine what marriage looks like what families look like, what looks like, what relationships look like. He's trying to de- redefine who people really are. He's going through this process to break down everything that God Almighty has established. And it's our job as the church, we have to model what God has established. We have to do the best that we can to be examples in the midst of, in the midst of gross darkness. Now, I understand all of us in this room have made mistakes, and all of us have had our ups and downs. But just because we have made mistakes, it doesn't mean that God has changed his system to accommodate us. Can I have an Amen, y'all? What He's established, He has established. And so this verse right here is very powerful because it says, God has set the solitary. Now, this, this Hebrew word is it's good because it means the desolate. This word solitary means desolate, it means lonely. It means forsaken. This word here, solitary, means outcast. And then the last, the last point here is it means without friends. Without friends. So when God, he says God has set the solitary, he's talking about individuals who, have, who feel like they've, their life or their life is in a position where they feel just desolate, lonely, forsaken, outcast and without friends. And we would be surprised how many people are living their lives with these characteristics. This is how they're living their lives. They're lonely. They feel outcast. They feel desolate. They're in a position where they just feel forsaken. And so people like this, they tend to gravitate towards drugs and gravitate towards this and gravitate towards secret sins. To try to make themselves feel better about themselves. And it's all as a result of them being in this, what you would call, a solitary lifestyle. And God himself said it's not good that man is alone. Everybody needs friends. Everybody needs people to connect with. God wants to put, put us with people that are like-minded and that that can help us and, and help to encourage us and strengthen us and correct us and, and all those other things. And so he says this. God sees this about people's lives. And he says it very clearly here. God is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He gives us the right kind of connections. He places us in the right position. And for all of us here, we have to see that the church that God is building which is an extension of the kingdom of God is the ultimate family. It's God God is building his family. And he's putting us together and the church in the earth is called to be an extension of that, is called to model that, to give people understanding about that about Father God. He 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 he's designed it to to give people hope and to bring them into something which is the ultimate family. He takes people that are solitary and he puts them in the family. And God, through his word, has told us that his church is the household of God, the house of God. It's the family of God. And then most importantly, he says that we are his children. We are his children. And so when it comes to the church, We have to see ourselves as a big family, and unfortunately, people don't see the church as a big family. They don't see local churches as part of God's family and tribes within the family. People don't see it like that. They just they see church as like a big social club. They see it like a like like they're going, you know, a golf club or their bingo club or whatever. But the church is not that. It's a life-giving and life-breathing organism that God has established in the earth as an extension of himself, and all of us are, we're we're called into it, we're born into it through being born again and through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and we have to learn to embrace that aspect of being a part of, of God's family. And he takes a person that's solitary, and he's saying, you can't live your life solitary anymore. I'm bringing you into the family. And in the family, there's going to be ups and downs. There might be a few squabbles here and there. There's going to be, but I'm bringing you into the family. And the family may not be, the family may not have, I want to say this right. You may not have grown up in a good family, but I'm bringing you into the family to teach you about What family is all about. Now, if we're doing our job, we have to do our job as a church to model that. But we have to make sure that we realize, saints, that this is part of what God is doing. He didn't call any of us to be solitary. He didn't call any of us to solitude where we don't relate to other people. This is how God has established it. We want to embrace this aspect of his ministry in the earth through the church. As we have become children of the most high God. And so stop thinking that you can just do it all by yourself and you don't need anybody. But God, God said that he's putting you in the family. God said that he's calling you out of solitude into relationships, healthy relationships. And so for all of us, we have to see that aspect of Christendom and stop thinking the church is just some place that we come as a social club. No, God's bringing you into this because some of the reason why some individuals feel desolate, lonely, forsaken, outcast and without friends is is because of what has happened in their natural family. And people don't want to say it. But sometimes this is what happens, and and every natural family needs to embrace God's family. And that's what's going to cause us to become great in the earth. And so, so what I'm saying here, once again, is embrace what God has birthed you into from a spiritual standpoint. And understand that just because you did not have it well with your natural family does not mean that you have to remain isolated. And in solitude, God is bringing you into something else and he's bringing you into something that has that has a strong foundation. But that also means that when we come into the family, we have to learn how to relate to God according to his principles and his desires and learn to conform to His will and the way in which He wants things to be done. We can't treat God like He's our natural Father. We can't live our lives in the kingdom as though God is is just somebody that that let us down, that wasn't there for us, that wasn't a great example. We have to understand that God has shown Himself to be the, the, the best example ever that ever existed in everness. And ultimately, we have become his children. Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. You see how I just made up that word? You know I'll do it. Everness. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 on down to 3. It says here in verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. This is wonderful. I love it. It says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. It blows my mind to think that God has called us his children. That God is breathing to us his spirit. That he's imparted to us a divine nature through Jesus Christ. That every single day as we choose to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, that our old nature is dying, but our new nature in Christ is being revealed from day to day. That we literally are going through a transformation process from the inside out right now as we're walking upon the face of this earth. That he's sharing his wisdom with us. He's sharing his insight with us. He's sharing his knowledge. He's sharing his compassion. He's sharing his goodness He's sharing his kindness. He's sharing his love with us. He's teaching us to be a vessel, a channel of blessing. He's helping us to deny our old self so the new self could, be, could emerge. He's even changing some of our appearances. We got out of the clubs and the bars and all this other stuff, and now our face is shining a little brighter. Our teeth look better. All, all, all the redness in our eyes is gone. We're actually sleeping at night and not all not up all night in a smoky club. He's he's taking us through this transformation internally that's also having an, an impact externally. He shares with us his peace, he shares with us his patience and his kindness. He shares all these attributes with us that he possesses so that we can continue to reflect him in the earth. It's amazing to me that God would call us his children. Knowing our past, knowing our baggage, knowing what we've been through, knowing what we did, knowing what we said about him, knowing how we didn't believe, but yet God, somebody needs to praise him right now, but yet God stooped down To your level and sent somebody to come and get you off the streets and get you out of twisted thinking and get you out of mindset that was all messed up. That he went and told this person, share your faith with him. Share your faith with him. Share your faith with him. Talk to him about me. Tell him about me. That this God would turn around and call me his child. Having not a father, mother has issues. Family broken up. People over here don't talk to each other. They don't invite us over for Christmas. This person, all this natural baggage. But God stoops down and said, hey, 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 hey. I'm your father. Hey, I'm your father. That God would turn around and call us his children. That he would stop and pursue you. Don't you think for a minute you came to God? He came to you. And he got you. He came and looked after you. You were doing your own thing. And God started pursuing you. so the beloved John, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. To even be called a child of God. What an awesome expression of God's love for us. To even, to even be called children of God. But then he stops in verse 3 and he says, And if every, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That means that I can, it's no use just being called a son of God if I don't start reflecting God. Allowing the purification process to take place in my life. So now I don't just have his name. I have this character. So now I'm letting God purify me because he's brought me into the family. He's given me the spirit of adoption whereby my heart cries, Abba, Father, and he's confirmed with my spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And now he takes me through this purification process. He takes us all through this purifi- purification process. He's detoxing us from the world from worldliness, from carnality, from the things we came out of, and all the baggage of our natural parents and this and that and stuff. He's purifying us from all the world's toxins. But then he says that we got to purify ourselves. That means I got to come out of agreement with things that, that that I need to come out of agreement with so I can embrace him as my father. This is what he does. And then the thing that is so beautiful, and I was me and the elders, we had our elders meeting this morning and we were just talking about this. We we're talking about how I was telling them about, how, about the power of really your name. It's, it's amazing how people don't live their lives thinking about leaving a legacy for the name that they carry. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's always thinking generationally when he's thinking about you. And the name that you carry means something. I've been, you know, I'm writing this book. I'm going through this process with writing this book, doing all my research. And, and I told you for, for a whole month, God just had me studying the book of Numbers. And all I could just, you just read, such and such begot such and such, and such and such begot such and such, and such and such begot such, and all that. Generally, people just skip over all that because you can't even pronounce half the names. But the bottom line is, the principle that God is, is, is establishing is, you didn't just get here by yourself. That you're, that, that, that name, that name on the, on the back of your jersey means something. That, and you're, you're called to carry that name on. And this is the thing. When I was doing all the research for, you know, my family tree and all this other stuff, I, I i i i I love this I said, you know what I don't know about all these other people's character with the name Kaufman, but I do know that I can set in motion something right here with the with the Kaufman family name that could Go from generation to generation and generation and such and such got such and such and such and such begot such and such and such and such begot such and such and and carrying on the legacy of your family name means something. It means something. It means something in the natural, but how much more should it mean in the spirit? Then God says, you're my child. I chose you. I, you're mine. And then he says, listen, I'm not only going to call you my child, but I'm going to give you my name. And I'm going to give you access to the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And I'm going to let you use the name. I'm going to let you you're covered in the name and that you have access to the power of the name and that and that the name of Jesus is is a calling card for you when you come on your job you're going in the name of Jesus. When you take care of your children, you're taking care of them in the name of Jesus. As you pastor the church, you're pastoring in the name of Jesus. When you cast out devils, you cast out devils in the name of Jesus. When you heal the sick, you heal the sick in the name of Jesus. When you preach the gospel, you do it in the, oh my goodness, I'm feeling this. That I'm not just, I don't just have my name, I have his name on me. Somebody needs to shout right now. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. God takes the solitary and brings them into family. The ultimate family. is God's family. And look what he says here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 on down. Okay, look. Look at this. He says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you, so you also must do. Somebody say must do. When it comes to forgiveness, you don't have an option, another option. It's a shame. People come to the family of God. The church of the living God and God brings us in here and he forgives us for all of our stuff and then when somebody steals your parking space now now we don't want to go to church anymore we don't want to see them we're mad at them and and you know the bottom line is none of those spaces belong to you they got here first you shouldn't have been late can I have an amen now I know I'm preaching now. I always carry a couple of amens, y'all know that, right here in my pocket. But we, have, we, we won't forgive each other because we don't understand the value of being a part of the family. Of course people are going to step on your toes in the family. Of course. Forgive them and move on. They forgave you when you stepped on their toes and didn't give them $5 back that you borrowed from them. Can I have an amen, y'all? Well, what happens is, look at what he's saying. He's talking about how we are to deal with each other. Then he goes down, and he says here in verse 14, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were, also, which you were called in one body, and be thankful He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And when he says do all, what he's saying is as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing in his name.
0: And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, At our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030, Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.